Hello, and welcome to Film Seizure. Uh, my name is Chuck Moore. With me, as always, are the co-hosts. We have Jason Oliver. Hello, Hello. Jason. Hello. And Jeffrey Arbuckle. Hello, Jeffrey. Hey, what's going on? Not a whole lot. We're here today to talk about the very cheery, very happy, very sexy Midsummer <laughs> uh, 2019 full core film. I believe it's the second effort by Ari Aster. Yes. Sir. Um, yeah, it's it's the exact opposite of what I just said. It's, it's mostly <laughs> the only thing cheery about it is the lighting for 80% of the movie, but otherwise it's a pretty kind of dreary, very sad, very, I would say shocking at a lot of moments for me anyways, horror film. What do you guys think to start Jeff? I'll go with you. Well, a couple of things here. Um, First of all, this this movie does have some history with uh, with film seizure. As uh, after Jason saw it, he uh, he did a little review. Uh, oh yes, where he just kind of talked to me about this, and then that that kind of influenced Should me I to go remember see. Remember doing that? Yeah, well, you did. Um, Should probably but, have listened to that again. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. I mean, that was what now four years ago. So, um, but. I mean, almost exactly four years ago now, I think. Um, no, I. Um, this is the only Ari Aster movie that I will watch multiple times. <laughs> um, this is because, you know, it's like, I think I've, I mean, I haven't seen Hereditary since it came out. And I don't, I only really have interest in seeing some of Bo is Afraid again. Um, I am quite interested in what you guys have to say about that when you guys get a chance to see it. Um, generally, though, um, I, I have a, I have a lot of, uh, yeah, this is a movie that, that I think is incredibly nuanced in multiple ways, even though on the surface, it's kind of all there, right? You're, you're given these kind of archetype type of characters that you're supposed to dislike, but I think there's more nuance to it than that. Um, and I think that's something we'll all talk about, but, um, this is not a, and it's not an easy watch, but I would say it's an easier watch than the other two of his movies. But anyway, I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is probably this watch was maybe the third or fourth time I saw it. Um, <clears throat> I opted not to watch the director's cut because that's the copy that I own, and I don't really like it. Um, hmm. It adds a lot of unnecessary things, um, and it breaks up the constant daylight with one really jarring nighttime scene um, that I just feel it feels way out of place. It takes place after the the ritual suicide scene. Um, I um, I like this movie a lot. Um, I, when I first saw it, I really liked it. Like like liked it. Thought I liked it more than Wicker Man liked it. I don't. Wicker Man is still my favorite of these two. But but there are definitely like in some ways mirror images of themselves, and in some way completely totally thematically different. Right, like. 
it's interesting, like some of the beats of Wicker Man are here, but um, what it decides to follow, what it decides to get into psychologically is much, much different. Like, I don't even feel like the religious aspects of Midsummer are are even like one of its many themes. I mean, it's there, but it's so insignificant to our characters. I don't even um, see it. I, I don't even see it as a religious thing per se, right. as much as I do a culture thing. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, purposefully with the anthropology angle. Yeah. It, it, it sort of separates you from it by, by putting you in those characters from the anthropology perspective in a science but, mode. Yeah. Rather yeah. than a Yeah. But, but, but that, but that in and of itself is a theme because, their their objectifying of this culture is also dangerous right it's it's almost like giving it a pass for um for just for existing right well, yeah almost none of the things that happened in this movie would have happened if anyone was taking things like like wasn't taking into account cultural differences, wasn't taking into account that these people just have a different way of life. We should try to acclimate, right? Instead of viewing it from this is horrific, we need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> kind of mentality. But then there's also like a almost like a it's a reverence and a dismissiveness at the same time, right? Their scientific lens is so objectifying that it almost strips it of any actual meaning to them right like it's it's like taking something and putting it under a magnifying glass and thinking you have the hubris to just figure it out right right um <clears throat> me and meanwhile you know they're not seeing they're not seeing it at all for what it is right right which is dangerous in its own right so so there is like that duality that 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 grayness that the wicker man has you know what is good and evil, the pagan and, and struggle of paganism and um, and Christianity, but here it's it's science and ritual, right? Right. And 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 what what is the difference and how are they the same? And yeah, and science will look to identify the nature of the ritual, right? Whereas in the Wicker Man, it was it was opposition, yeah, the whole time. So you you're questioning everything for different reasons. I think I'm just repeating you, but no, but yeah, yeah you're putting it in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. What's wild to me about this movie is that the pace is slow. It's two hours and forty minutes, and it really honestly feels like it's over in like two hours. Yeah, it just kind of blows by. I couldn't believe when I watched this last night, I couldn't believe how I thought I still had like yeah, like seriously, like forty five minutes to an hour left. And it's like, oh no, everything is coming to a head right now. You know, right. it's like this is it. You know, this <clears throat> is it. Um yeah. that's another I, reason yeah. why I don't like the director's cut. It it really fucks with the pace. Um you know, we've had discussions and arguments recently about about the the length of movies, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and earning its its runtime. Um, the theatrical cut of this, 148 minutes, absolutely earns every every moment. If it all feels like it it flows together perfectly, mm -hmm. um, I believe the director's cut adds over 20 minutes. It's like 171 it, minutes, I and think. it really starts to to weigh it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, and there's some stuff like that, that like, that's where, you know, I would almost rather see the deleted scene separately. Yeah. Give me context sure. about where it drops and then show that to me. And then I always liked that when they did that in, in, because they would like, they would show you the scene beforehand or at least the, the, the closing and what it would lead into. The, right. And then right. A little bit of what it would lead into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They don't do uh, that as much anymore with with deleted scenes they just kind of just cut them in to the extras and they'll yeah, there a was a whole lot one. of context they might show them in chronological order but there that was might be all you get and you one disc that i have that it didn't do like the lead it but what it did was it gave um text reference mm, yeah as to this happens just after you know whatever <clears throat> yeah um yeah and i don't remember what movie that was but anyway was this what? the first? This wasn't Florence Pugh's first movie, was it? I think it's the first thing I saw her in. It was the first thing I saw her in. Um, but no, she had been. She had already been in. Oh wow, she'd about a, a half dozen movies. Yeah, yeah, she'd already kind of made a a splash with Lady Macbeth, um, which I still haven't seen. Um, I didn't realize. She was the lead in fighting with my family. I think I saw that movie. And I, I didn't know. Oh she was. yeah, I remember seeing that trailer. And then when I found out that it was the same girl, I was like, oh, oh, that's so that, that weird. I, yeah. I, when I saw that movie, I had no idea who she was, and did never made that connection till now. <laughs> yeah, I think 2019 was obviously a good year for her because Little Women. She got nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of wild that that was the same year. Yeah. Yeah, that is wild. I think Little Women was a few months after because I was familiar with her um, at that point. And I definitely it was. Been... It came at the end of the year. Yeah. 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 And whereas Midsummer was released, I think, in the summer, right? Um, yes. Yes. It was, yeah. It was released essentially Midsummer. Yep. June 18th. Appropriate. Um, yep. Yeah, because I saw it after 4th of July like about a week or so after you had talked about it yeah. to me. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that there are two movies that she's in this year that I don't really particularly care to see. Uh, I, yeah, Oppenheimer and Dune, part two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the thing with Oppenheimer. I was talking to Susan about that yesterday. There aren't too many chances you get to see a movie in 70-millimeter IMAX anymore, so I'm going to go kind of the same reason i went to see dunkirk um but yeah i don't have a whole lot of like interest in that movie for whatever reason yeah. anyway back to uh midsummer um uh, this is a movie that where like th there were some things that i did not remember seeing in previous screenings of it stuff that i would have known was there because it's stuff that i like like for example like when she's having her bad trip once they get to sweden mm -hmm. and we'll talk about a little bit more context here but like she sees her sister in the mirror in the outhouse i did not remember seeing that in previous you know mm -hmm. in previous views and that's something i very very much like that's a thing that I actually like like that is one of my deepest fears in life is 
I flip on the light in the middle of the night in the bathroom and I see something behind me in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Don't laugh. That's fucking scary, dude. It is scary. <laughs> it's funny, though. That that's one of your deepest fears. Oh, it is. And, and what's funny is the – here's the funny thing. It's There's one thing in particular that I am always scared that I'll see. Me? Uh, yes. It's <laughs> Oh my god! I feel like uh, but that no, has it's... to be recreated somehow. For <laughs> no, but it's it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the it's uh, the the little girl from The Exorcist. Be, I don't I don't want to see her face in in the mirror. Oh, okay. Me, like jumping out like that. Yeah, uh, whatever. It could be it could be Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> oh my god! That would, no, that would be awesome. I'd be like, oh my god, it's Cameron Mitchell. Anyway, um, yeah. So no, I don't remember seeing that in the previous and i caught it this time um uh there were a couple of other things where it's like oh there's that whole thing going on back there um although obviously the movie the first act spoils the entire movie the first card the the first card does but like especially once you get there and it's like here's this really weird tapestry of Uh, of what's going to happen to Christian. And then is anybody going to talk about this bear? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a bear. It's a bear. <laughs> it's a bear. I don't know what do you want. Yeah, it's a bear. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of great in that regard that it's, it lays it out and then it doesn't, it's just like, Oh, that's weird. And then by the end, you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. yeah i mean even though i mean i think this is the second time i've seen this and obviously i didn't and really oddly it's like one of my favorite horror films of the last 10 years and i've this is only the second time i've watched it but when that first title i don't know if you call it a title card a splash card whatever that lays out the entire story i was like oh shit it's basically it's basically an overture is what you're looking at there Yeah, yeah okay yeah so the overture and i'm like Damn, that is literally the entire movie in like four blocks, which yeah. is crazy. And even though you know the point I'm trying to get to, even though the you know what's going to happen on the second view, or if you were pretty smart and read that card correctly, getting there is just as good, if not better, than what happens at yes. the end, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, there's one weird thing. I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but I picked this up. This was another thing I picked up on this um viewing there is one specific scene only one specific scene in which danny who's florence Pugh, pronounces christian's name differently every time she says it Hmm. it's in the it's in the early parts of the movie when she is talking to pele about like coming to sweden after christian kind of invited her against you know the knowledge of of his friends and she pronounces his name consistently in that scene as christian almost as if she's already kind of adopting a swedish accent interesting that is interesting so that maybe that's a little bit of an easter egg for the future too when she's actually speaking to him she's actually already adopting his accent I, yeah, I also think that 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 probably is purposeful. I wonder if that was a character thing that she added. Possibly, yeah. Because um, if you think about her personality, she's a she's kind of codependent on like all the the people in her life, right? 
Yeah. Short or not codependent because I think Chris, her and Christian do have a codependent relationship in a way, which I well, yeah, they, these, these are two people who are circling the drain of an unhappy relationship. That's they're hanging on for way too long. And then she, but she's a person I think who, who is probably like one of those people who like, if your favorite band is the XYZ band, God, she'll love the XYZ and, 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 and she's becomes your your best friend or whatever. You she hangs out with you. All of a sudden, like the XYZ man will be be her favorite band to yeah. the point where it's almost like nauseating. Well, <laughs> she acclimates a little yeah. bit. She, she over, well, she, over acclimates, and well, that's why she, this, this community is perfect. Right, yes. and that, it's her. It, well, it's also her. Uh, uh, it's her mechanism to deal with everything else she's ever had to deal with and then how that came to a head i guess we should probably talk about that because the movie begins with uh danny desperately trying to get in touch with either her younger sister or her parents um and we find out minutes in that the there's a murder suicide going on with her sister and and her parents um and this kind of interesting because and I don't know. I don't know if this is in any kind of extended version or not. But I think partly why she begins to act the way she does is because she also has a great deal of guilt. She calls Christian instead of the cops when she can't get in touch with anybody. Her parents are very obviously breathing the first time we see her call them. Yeah, and then she does. You know, she doesn't call to get help, knowing that something is wrong, knowing that. This is a very specific, but she she takes Christian's opinion too seriously um, when she should have just said, hey, can you go send a, 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 a wellness check? Right. And of course, by by the time they're found, it's too late. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but anyway, so she's worried about that. She calls Christian her Christian's friends. There's a whole there's whole levels of stuff going on here because if if you've ever had somebody in your life that you have been concerned about how they may accept certain things, um, whether or not she's actually uh, bipolar like her sister is, um, she's obviously affected by the bipolar nature of her sister which is something that can very much happen if you've had bipolar people in your life, like I have, um, it's, it's, it creates a lot of weight, a lot of weight that nobody else can understand except for the people in that situation. Well, there, there to me, like is a mirroring of her relationship with Christian and her relationship with her sister. Right. Well, yeah, because later she becomes overly compliant to him, where she constantly is feeling sorry for coming across a little too bold or a little too combative. Um, yeah, which is interesting because I have both been—I have been in both of these character situations at different times, and it is—it—and it, it, it's a struggle. And the thing is, is that. You're supposed to, I mean, the, his friends are kind of set up to be people you don't like because they're so crass. And even Christian is so 
defeated by all of this. But if you really kind of start peeling back a little bit of the nuance, that happens. It happens. People on the outside of that relation aren't going to know any, and they're just going to say, well, just leave her or just forget about her, just dump her. You know, that's, no, uh, in that's this not, case, that, that cannot happen with Christian because he in, feels like he's he could cause harm. You know? In this case, Mark knows more than we do. Sure. So so we are immediately judging Mark for what he's saying. But in sure. reality, he may be being a very good friend Possibly. about this stuff. Possibly. But, Jay- but it's but it is it is still a complicated thing for somebody who because obviously christian feels like he is he has to walk eggshells and it does create a lot of strain between all of his relationships and that's just something that's it's hard to deal with um and it can and yeah somebody may be thinking that they're a good friend to say yeah just get rid of her but that's not going to be the easiest thing in the world for christian to do in that scenario he's he's um <laughs> christian is selfish oh yeah, sure i i Christ, christian it, it wants wants to break up with her because he knows that he does not have the emotional capacity to give her what she wants but he also is living with this i feel like misconstrued um, opinion of himself that if he does leave her it will shatter her so badly that he can't he can't handle the guilt that that will that will rain upon him um christian and and honestly like she should break up with him as well like these two need to break up they do her 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 girlfriend tells her the same thing he's like look if he can't be there for you you need to not have him in your life he needs to this 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 has to end right like this is what you need if he loved you it wouldn't matter and that's true right um it's it's very clear to me that neither one of these people want to be with the other but that's who's available and and that creates its own set of problems sure yeah and they use their own guilt as the excuse to stay together christian the guilt about shattering her life and her the guilt about being a burden like yeah yeah, yeah it's well and it's, it's pretty sad circumstance it is and it, it happens far too often in the world mm-hmm. and now we're granted as as an audience we are granted the access to both of them and in real life it's so much more difficult than that because most of the time there's only two people who know that about each other, you know, and about themselves, you know, and it's in friends will, will make suggestions and make offers like that, that are difficult to take them up on, even if it's the right thing to do. Um, Because you don't ever want to be, I mean, especially if you actually like legitimately do care about that person, it, it makes it difficult for you to think that, oh shoot you know it's like if i do this it may create harm or it may create a whole other circumstance of issues that you haven't even gotten that you haven't even unlocked before you know that you don't even know could happen and that that will make things even that much more difficult and so yeah it is it's a it's a it's a difficult situation they're in and it is a part of this movie that that creates a I mean, it, it just adds to that whole weight 
of everything that's going on. Uh, I mean, literally, at one point, he's trying to light a a uh, he's trying to to light a candle as if to say, you know, he's trying to, you know, strike up feeling again for and he can't even do that. <laughs> you know, it's like that can't even work for them. Um, right. and, that, and that's done after he's forgotten about her birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, there's so much disin, disingenuine. It's disingenuineness, disingenuity, genuinity, disingenuousness. <laughs> that 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 whole scene just hurts. Um, yeah, it does, and it's, it's... And it. But doesn't help that he does not have good friends. Like like, the, his three friends that he could conceivably talk about this relationship with. Um, one of them, the one who probably is right in the in the regards that they shouldn't be together. Um, doesn't have the nuance or the emotional intelligence to really understand why that is. Yeah, because, he's a twenty-one-year-old because he's, he's, he has this misogyny <laughs> also yeah. to him that that is already just kind of like combative, right? He just wants to go out and join the Guardians <clears throat> of the Galaxy. That's all he really needs to do. His, he's been his, he was his, hatched um, too early from his uh, from his uh, warlock egg. <laughs> his scholar <laughs> friend, you know, really just is more concerned with the fact that his friend isn't working on his PhD. He's like, he's, he's kind of, he's viewing his friend through his own lens of this is what's most important in your life right now, finishing your sure. thesis, right? Cause that's, what's most important to him right now. Right. Well, and, and he's then, so heads down. There is that one really uncomfortable scene where she's talking to Pele, Pele and like, he just like, Josh just gets up and moves to another scene. It's like, it's so awkward. Yeah. And, but he's and but Pela, he's not really doing he's not really doing that to be rude but he's like I'm busy and it's like he's so internalized every you know like everything is focused in back on him yeah and then Pela <laughs> probably has the emotional intelligence to to help Christian but has ulterior motives right right um, so he's deceiving so that is, that is one of those those Wickerman themes of deception right um. So he's no he has no real support group here also. Um so there's no real way for him to grow other than through experience. Um and boy is he gonna experience some things. <laughs> he is. Did you guys notice um I was trying to you know you know I like to try to find meaning in the way things are shot and stuff. Through that first act, most of the time when Christian is with Florence Pugh, he's shown in a mirror. He's shown in a reflection rather than like straight on. Like when they walk into the apartment, when she comes and they, they're talking about going to Sweden, they're talking to the four or the three on the couch chair, whatever that situation, they're shown in the mirror. When she's being overly apologetic about him not telling her he was going to Sweden, she's standing there front and center on the screen, Christian shown in a mirror. Hmm. And then later they show Pele, Pele's reflection in a table. So I think there is some kind of symbolic nature to this, even though it's cool anyway, like they're all cool shots. Um, it is showing us something. I just couldn't figure out exactly what. Yeah. I mean, it could be, you know, again, it could be, it could be speaking a little bit to that acclamation, right? Like she's, she's finding like mirroring people right right she's mirroring yeah. the people in her lives so that she she doesn't push them away she wants to find a way to relate to everyone because she has this fear of rejection yeah 
Yeah, I like that. I'll go with that. I'm just yeah, Mike. I, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds pretty good to me too. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, let's do this. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I think there's an interesting moment here too that gives you insight into Christian and and makes him even more unsympathetic is he when he's talking to his friends about the trip he's like oh yeah by the way you invited her danny's coming up i invited her she's you, it was your gonna, idea <laughs> yeah she's she's not gonna go but but you know just so you know i've already invited her it's like deal with this right like, oh wow um and, but, but it shows some kind of an element of gaslighting like an element of manipulation on his part like he has experience with you know wanting to do a thing telling her he's going to do it her maybe not being invited but then him reluctantly inviting her and then somehow manipulating her into not going because she'll feel bad because she senses he doesn't really want her there she doesn't right. want to be a burden on him, right? right. He's he playing be that against her. He's playing yeah. that against her for sure. But in this case, it backfires because because of Pela. Pela yeah. like really goes out of his way to welcome her and 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 tell her he's glad she's coming. So this is sort of the yeah, you're right, Chuck and, and Jeff. I think you're onto something with how he, she's pronouncing his name in that scene, is because she, this is the first time where she's starting to like move in another direction. Yeah. Right. And she's doing something against maybe what she would have done before. This is against her nature to actually go on this trip. Right. But she decides to. Even even to the point where where Pela like brings up, stirs up emotion in her about her parents, right? And it might be the first like healthy moment of grief that she's experienced. Even though it hurts so much, she's like, I need to see this through. And there's like, an amazing transition here too. Sorry, go absolutely, ahead. absolutely. To her, her, her having her breakdown again, emotional breakdown in the the bathroom of their apartment, and then the bathroom of the the plane to show yeah. like this is transitioned, right? I'm right. going on this trip, and um, and there is a there's something happening here, right? With me, with my grief, you know, we're I'm, I'm starting to work through something. We don't know what, yeah. and we don't know how it's going to ultimately happen. But oh boy, does she ever right through her grief. <laughs> there is a there is one important thing to note. Just as a quick aside here, when she finds out that her parents and her sister are dead, Christian goes to her apartment, and she's screaming, basically by herself inconsolable but christian's oh, yeah. there kind of holding on to her a little bit yeah it's important his reaction here is more just kind of i'm here mm. whereas yeah. later on body that's it yes yes and, and later on oh, he's gonna be up. he's gonna be a warm body later too <laughs> he's a warm body like the whole movie really. <laughs> he's like a just, hot just body warm later. right yeah like he's yeah. just warm he's lukewarm he's not cold or hot he's just kind of the worst <laughs> right well yeah i mean like he he doesn't you know he's probably a guy who has never had anything you know like he doesn't have family members who are either outwardly emotionally you know whatever or he's never had to deal with losing a, a parent or you know so it's like and so 
yeah, again, this comes down to his, his, it comes down to those multiple concepts of he, he doesn't have the experience in this, so he can't really do anything. And he's, um, just not really there in that relationship anymore in fact later when he says that they've been together for three and a half years and she's like no it's been four four can, years and two weeks right <laughs> like so, very specific but if you go backwards six months <laughs> it's yeah when, when it's when you go backwards for uh, you know to six months that would have been roughly that moment where he's yeah. like he's just not there anymore. That's where the relationship ended for him. Yeah. For him, yeah. And it's like he can't handle her, and so yeah. I mean, and so that's a, you know, that's another little, you know, they're, they're just. It's like, you know, it's like if you ever been in a relationship for too long, and it's just like it ends up being like the two people just turn into ghosts to one another, you know, and you just kind of you kind of just float around, but you're not really ever in the same place at the same time or doing anything in the same way um and that's just what they are except for they still think that they are a couple um but yeah and he's certainly you know using his cowardice also to say i invited her it was your idea like he's it's like he's even cowarding to his friends by saying i don't want to take the responsibility for inviting my girlfriend to this trip that we're going on you know and it's like oh yeah, but but a lot of that again might just simply be I you know he's he is absolutely a bad guy but it might be something that in another situation or in time he would he would not be that way you know yeah i don't want to i mean it's hard to read too much into christian because you only know what you know in this movie you know nothing and, and about his past you know nothing about him at all outside of how he treats her right and it's so. just and it's the exact same thing with his other two friends you're only giving uh, that's why i kind of label them as archetypes more than anything they're not really you know they're 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 monolithically created to be a fool you know, overly studious and emotionally stunted. So, like, yeah, we'll bring those fools and emotionally stunted people to Sweden, where Pella or Pele, however you pronounce his name, lives on a commune with his family, as he calls them. the The whole group—they're just one tight knit group of family. Um, I do find it funny that later Christian does ask, it's like, what about incest? Because like everybody does treat everybody like family. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they have strict rules about incest. Um, they respect the taboo, but, um, and he even says that sometimes we have to bring in outsiders, which is like red flag, red flag, red flag. And yeah, it's like, and, Hey, you uh, want in on this? And he's like, yeah, mm, no. <laughs> and then we do find out there's one very specific instance where they, they deliberately inbreed right that's pretty that's pretty messed up <laughs> yeah it's very messed up their their holy book is weird it's um, so weird <laughs> but yeah they arrive there and for the first night basically they stay outside of the camp and they all trip together i don't know what the purpose of this is but me and it is like so kind of spot on to what i think a trip would be like like <laughs> 
<laughs> what's his name mark mark yeah. is like telling everyone to lie down like i'm lying <laughs> down you need to lie down um yeah but yeah. the important the important thing in this scene is that um i, would, I just want to call her florence danny looks down and she sees the grass oh yeah growing through her hands um so she's and kind of repeated later in the in, with the dance too yeah it's a small sign of her being rooted right yeah. like she is where she belongs this is her roots kind of kind of foreshadowing there right um, yeah, i think i think that as well as the the community's ideas of balance and nature right is right her, her coming into her own balance as well yes yeah agree um but why are they here they're is a nine day basically feast ceremony that this commune goes through every 90 years basically to appease god and the devil right i don't know they don't really name the entities right that they're the dark one and the father yeah yeah so it's god and the devil basically um but this is their ceremony they're you know you probably have caught on at this point that this is like a ritualistic community that some weird fucked up shit is going to happen over the next nine days. And the funny thing is, is that the movie is not a full nine days. There's more shit to come (laughs) that we don't see that we don't know about. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I think you can make some assumptions there pretty much, but I don't know for sure. So here's a few things I find a little incongruous that confuse me. Um, Pela alludes to his um, his par- losing his parents to a fire yeah. when he was young, right? Which to me is like foreshadowing of what happens at the end of the movie. But I think that that is a version of this of this midsummer that only happens every ninety years was the impression that I got. They only Agree. they only do this nine person sacrifice every 90 years. So that that doesn't quite jive. Um well, so yeah, it could be. Kind of, I mean, it's it's very possible that he is really talking about a an actual fire incident that just so happens to also foreshadow the big fire. It's possible, yeah. It's possible. because because his he's very cagey about information but at the same time he's never actually outright misleading anybody necessarily i mean like he flat out tells danny what happens to people once they turn 72 you know oh yeah her and christian just don't understand the word right right which is Josh is a bit of a dick, not to explain it. He's a total dick. Yeah. Um, and Bob, well, he's, he's using his, his hubris again, his academic yeah, hubris. It's right. like, I know what this is. You know. And I also think he doesn't believe that it's going to literally happen. Right. 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 So like he's like, oh, you're going to see something funny tomorrow that, you, yeah, you're not yeah. prepared for. Yeah. Although um, Mark, Mark sleeping through it and then getting mad at everybody for letting him sleep through it cracked me up. Like, I'm sorry, Mark is funny, even though he's a total guy I would not want to be around ever. <laughs> he is funny in this movie. Yeah. He says lots of ADR stuff that's funny, too. Yeah, there's um, lots of stuff. Like it, it, I was listening to this in headphones because Susan was asleep last night, and um, I was watching downstairs on the TV with my headphones on. And, yeah, a lot of it, what he says is ADR, but it's also, like, in a in a single track. 
right? So right. it sounds off. It sounds off screen, but it, and it sounds like under a little bit. Like it's just a, and it's so many stuff that he says that is it is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but it, but you're but it also is like serves the purpose of just driving the nails in that this guy is such a tool. You know, he, well, he's a well, yeah, he's the fool. I mean, he is, he, is, he is absolutely the fool. Yeah. And it's that's a kind of another one of those wicker man. Uh, yeah. Overlaps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the one scene also after he pees on the on the ancestral tree and is that like the next communal dinner. And he's like, I think that guy is going to kill me. And it cuts to that guy. And he's just like staring at him. Yeah. That fucking kills me, too. <laughs> it's all. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, that guy's going to kill you. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but they also say in that, I mean, like he he's shouting skin the fool at that point, too. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen to Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, there's also Simon and Connie. They were brought as well as outsiders. So they're two of what? Five outsiders that are at the the commune to start this festival uh technically six, six yeah technically six. but one is is designed to not be an outsider by the end of this yeah um i also think it's really smart that that um connie and what's his face um simon are british and the way they react to somebody else's um somebody else's ritual is very very old school british and it's like, I'm surprised they didn't just get fucking murdered on the spot <laughs> instead of, you know, because it's like, I mean, granted, uh, I don't know how I would react. to see. Well, let's talk about this scene, because this yeah. scene is really probably one of the most horrific things I've seen in a movie. Like, I, I have a real hard time looking at it. And it, um, and it just doesn't end either like it just keeps going back to it and it's just like fuck are you like i get it man <laughs> like it, it, it truly it, it is the most horrific moment in the movie yes and it it just is relentless about it yeah and it's important to note too because danny is the only outsider that's having almost no reaction to it while it is happening it, it both it both breaks and fixes her in a way it feels like you know, like it, it's like she she reacts to it, like she's in shock. But at the same time, like she has reaction to it afterwards. But that begins, uh, uh, that begins her change because she wants to leave because of that. But then when she talks to Pele about it, and he's like, decides to stay, she's not she doesn't even think about this anymore it's like it's it's like a weird like reset for her well she does think about it she has a dream about it and she replaces her family at right. the rock where the parents are so it's still on her mind for sure but um, but it don't but it, it just seems like it has this weird like both completely breaking her but also fixing her in some ways too. i completely agree with that yes i do i if i as, as it's like it breaks her apart and rebuilds her uh -huh. or something yeah i agree i agree and, and she it's a flight or flight response in a way after it she wants to leave she wants to leave but there's a part of her i think that gets it right right that speaks to her because um 
you're right. It, it is, it is, it is, it's kind of like changing her whole outlook and it's a little, it's a big little thing that is, is in a weird way, helping her. Right. Yep. And I think part of that it's is helping her process as much of it is the people dropping off the rocks and dying in horrific fashion is the conversation about these folks thinking life is a circle. Yep. Right. These two people will be born into the bodies of these unborn babies mm-hmm. in, in weeks. And she hasn't been able to deal with the death of her family to her. They're just gone. Right. Mm-hmm. And she is like recalculating the circle of life or whatever, yep. if that exists. Yeah. Because they, they then get, um, they then get uh, cremated. And of course the ash goes around the tree, which then also begins kind of fertilizing that, you know, right. Yeah. Back to the earth. Right. Exactly. But yeah, it's a, um, it's a thing where the moment you see the first little head poke out on top of that, that uh, cliff, you think, Oh no. Oh no. I know where this is headed. I couldn't believe it. Especially when the old man doesn't die. And they oh, he misses mallet. he misses the rock. Yeah. It's oh. like he goes he goes feet first. She went she went face first into the rock. He went feet first into the rock. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And they show it in very, very graphic detail. Yeah. And then they have to smash the dude's head like a melon with the with so Gallagher comes out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gallagher though with with the A's got a little umlaut over it. Yeah. Yeah. Gallagher. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce that. Gallagher. Yeah. Gallagher. Gallagher. <laughs> Everybody in the front row gets like a plastic sheet and But there yeah, was like there the, were like three people who took a whack too. It was kind the of fa- like, his family, the old yeah. man's family yeah, finished all him took up. a whack. Yeah. Man. I mean, I guess that's one way of getting over it. It's like by whacking his friggin' head in. Yep. Um, Another thing that happens shortly after this is that they're all in the the little cabin kind of dealing with, or not the cabin. It looks like a Wes Anderson set almost. (laughs) Oh my God. Imagine this movie as a Wes Anderson movie. (laughs) I almost took a picture and sent it to you guys last night, Midsummer by Wes Anderson. Where they sleep, it has that little cutout top two or their other beds um but up to this point we've seen like weird breathing patterns from the people they do this (gasps) thing Mm. which i don't know what it signifies it's like creepy i don't know creepy like like it is an hereditary it's like viking shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) but when danny when christian brings the candle to her she kind of blows it out like that almost almost the same kind of breathing pattern and it's like oh okay that's cool so she's kind of blowing out his flame too at this point while also igniting one for him later (laughs) yeah or christian (laughs) um yeah also there's the whole thing um pele remembered her birthday um draws her a picture he says i only do this for birthdays later uh, he draws one more of her that's signifying a rebirth. Right. Um, that's the whole, I mean, that's really the whole folk element of it, right? The death and rebirth and yeah, know, the like circle life. that whole cycle thing is, yeah. is repeated again and again and again in this movie. Um, yeah. 
Oh, well, Pela's um, when they're tripping in the field before they go into the village, he mentions, he, he, he talks a lot about um, how nature is in perfect harmony, his tree is in perfect harmony with its surroundings, right? It's like, he's essentially giving you the mantra of their, of their community, right? Right. Like, because as you see more and more, like the way they handle emotions collectively, the way they, they handle pain collectively is, is, is all, is all like this, this idea of um, them being one with their surroundings, right? Like there is no individual. We're all, we all experience everything together. Um, Which is why I wanted to call to Christian, not grieving with her appropriately early in the movie. Yes. It's extremely important. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, communism's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently it works though. Um, Well, I mean, if you're willing to jump off a fucking cliff at the age of 72, I guess. (laughs) Oh, they, they, they give the clue too where, when he, when Pale is explaining the seasons of their lives and and Danny asks, what happens when you turn 72? He just kind of gives her a look. He doesn't, he's like, he does this. Does he do that? Run his hands across his throat. He sticks his tongue out too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it comes, it's almost like when I was a kid, joke, right? Yeah, yeah, when I but, was a but kid, even, I'd tell my parents that I'm going to my friend Glenn's house to get drunk. It was the total truth, but I said it as a joke, so they right. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's the, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's when that's, that comes that's back. That's ballsy, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. But that comes back to what I said earlier about Pele, is that he's he is honest the entire time. So, like, it's very possible his... But he's also sprinkling the clues as to what's going to happen in scenes to come. So, like, I think he really is just saying his parents died in the fire and he was raised by the rest of the the community. It's too much like her story, though. I feel like it's the same thing, but it doesn't jive with the 90 years. Well, I just I just think that I mean, I just think that it was an accident sort of thing, or maybe they do smaller versions, I guess. But but it's you know, but he's he's he is not misleading anybody throughout the entire movie. So, no, no. um, I mean, like now the other guy who didn't prepare uh, Connie and Simon. He fucked up. And he and he didn't you know, he wasn't like. You know, I mean, he wasn't as honest about what was going on. Yeah. Um, I do like when she's like having her bad trip and she's like wandering around. And it's like they're laughing at me. They're laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, the guy's like, no, they've been laughing the whole time. It's fine. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I think, you know, about this time and now we kind of get into the christian and his buddy the other anthropologist are gonna they both decide they're doing josh josh are doing their their dissertation um josh is is on a is on a bigger macro subject of midsummer in general he's going to a few different countries after this to to study um midsummer traditions but um he maybe should have gone to those other ones first yeah, probably. He'd have a <laughs> picture. Um but uh but Christian decides he's going to he's going to focus his dissertation on this place as a whole. He's yeah. he's finally found his inspiration. Um and it's it's the Holga. 
but it's but it's so totally him glomming on to somebody yeah. else it's yeah. just it's i mean yeah um I oh should, yeah josh, josh is like i can't even tell if you're joking right now it's like yeah are you serious um yeah. should also uh point out that right away um as pele called her his sister maya has taken quite the interest in christian like right away she's already putting together some pies you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, she puts a she puts a a rune a love rune under his bed she stashes the scissors that she uses for the other thing under the uh bed of, of the baby and yeah under the baby's pillow yeah um that baby's gonna kill somebody tonight and obviously when christian gets that meat pie or that hair pie um, i was gonna say call it the right thing (laughs) his his drink is also oh it is a little reddish yeah 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 Yeah. and that goes back that's another clue we get from the from the mural earlier yes i want to know okay i want to step outside the movie for a second and i want to (laughs) know what the guy who was commissioned to make that 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 tapestry that whole like i want to know what that guy thought when he was told okay on one of them it's going to be a girl cutting her pubic hair (laughs) and another one she's going to be squatting over a glass dripping blood into it and i just want to know what that guy like if he just thought, did I did I just get into the wrong business, or is this oh, he's probably be my like, life? hell yeah, hell well, yeah, yeah. I could I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on the on the person, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I like to think about like the outside the movie thought of Ari Aster probably made it himself. <laughs> he did. He did it. It, it. He had a series of artists that that did a lot of the mural work. It was like that very- poor bear. Was that was that an actual? painting or was that done for the movie it was hanging over danny's bed early in the movie that is actually a reproduction of of a classic yeah some of that some of them were classic existing portrait portraits but pieces of art but all the murals were all like commissioned gotcha yeah um yeah so basically now and also danny is starting to get more and more involved with the women in the community she's she's helping prepare the food um she gets a, a dress made for her for the may uh for the may queen dance um she's spending more and more time away from christian because at one point when christian's talking to the one elder or the one i don't know if he was maybe he was an elder about like the the mating rituals and stuff like she's trying to find because at this point simon has disappeared yes and she's trying to figure out what's what's happened to him and uh christian's like yeah wow that that's a dick move for him to leave connie here so anyway about this uh ritual and he just has no interest in anything that she's interested in right it speaks to him being so invested in his understanding for his paper that he's totally overlooking the weird red you know flags that are around them and and danny is noticing them she's questioning them but she's also got this other part of her that's intrigued for a different mm-hmm. reason right to be there um, yeah because it's, it's at this point she like kind of walks off from him 
when she realizes, well, I'm not getting anything from him. And that's when she's like kind of ushered into making like those little meat pies uh, with the other women. So like she's making other friends and she's like starting to care less and less and less about the other outsiders that are that were brought there with her. Um, Yeah, she even tells Christian, like when they're talking about that, like, I can imagine you leaving me like that. And he's like, what? She's like, never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah like for the first time she actually said something she felt and didn't apologize for it right yeah that dream she had was horrific too which was shortly before this where she woke up and everyone left her i guess not horrific but it's like the smoke yeah the smoke coming out of her mouth like she was her sister and yeah or her parents and her parents around the rock like it's almost like reconciliation because you know, dreams supposedly are your body's way of dealing with your problems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's your brain's way of sorting stuff. So she's sorting all of that past, all of all that affects her. Isn't that what they call them? Affects? Yeah. You get mm-hmm. rid of your affects. Yep. She's sorting all those in that dream, um, in a way. Yep. Yeah. So during that dinner um, is when the girl that Matt or Mark mark has been interested in comes and takes him away yeah to go to go uh show him something <laughs> he's like she's going to the, the, show the, me the lady that he wanted to give a bath to yes yeah yes. i want to give her a bath tell her to come back Pele. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah so he this is really the last time we see him alive yep it is um that yeah he just he just disappears but yeah it's it's shortly after that that we find out what happened to him and the other two the british couple has disappeared there's been some conflicting stories around them it all feels very suspicious like like we don't know what happened to them but we know something didn't well that's not right there because one one point before the other and right because simon is like taken in the truck yeah. And and Connie's like, I would have sat on his lap. And he's like, well, we thought that too, but we like to follow the the, the traffic, traffic laws. laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's also usually a center seat too, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> and then this is, you know, Danny rightfully feels like something's wrong here. Like this. Yes. This is strange. What's happening? And of course, she gets gaslit by Christian again, who's just like, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation blah 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 you're just being your typical self right now right yeah and and danny again like as she always does kind of like you're right decides not to think for herself yeah 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 um also during this period uh i can't remember his name josh goes and sees the book we were talking about earlier um whatever their bible thing is yeah yeah and he learns about the fact that the oracle um for each generation is conceived purposefully through inbreeding um yep i can't remember that kid's name um what is that kid's name in the movie but he's creepy uh yeah yeah pretty he's creepy. creepy and he wears somebody else's face later which is also creepy oh yeah it's kind of, <laughs> kind of like a I, that that scene uh is very texas chainsaw massacre yes it is right like it's like oh my goodness that is 
that's some Leatherface action happening right there, especially <laughs> yeah. with the dragging of the body and the mm-hmm. and the blood stain across the floor. It's like, oh man, yeah. So now, basically, after Josh gets knocked out that night, when he goes back to kind of take pictures that he was told he couldn't take, um, the Oracle is wearing Mark's face. Um, I can't tell if he swung the hammer or somebody else did from off screen. It's very confusing. Yeah. Where, where, because he's looking, the, the, the Oracle is asleep in his bed in the corner and he's facing that way, but then something hits him from behind. Yeah. It's, it's a bit confusing. Yeah. What happens there? Well, I mean, I think it's just safe to say is that everybody knows what role they're supposed to play. So if you happen to be the, if you happen to be Gallagher, maybe it was just Gallagher. I don't know. It might might have been, might have been just Gallagher. Yeah. (laughs) We we got, there was someone in charge of bringing Gallagher. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously the community like pre thought of all these conditions or they're having secret meetings somewhere to decide how this shit is going to go down. Um, And they kind of play these people perfectly. They know what Josh is going to do. They know what Mark is going to do. They know what Christian is going to do. Like they have figured these people out. That That is also set up early on that um, Christian is also uh, sexually frustrated. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, well, his, his, um, the one elder tells, tells Pela that um, he's, He's so important to them because of his great intuitions about people, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, uh, it's not, it's well, not that it's, he's, it's not, not that he's you know, intuitive. The intuition of, of your character being a good, you know, person, which is the way they take it, right? Right. It's, it's, uh, we know who you are and we're going to use that against you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he was in, he was at the pizza restaurant <laughs> when it was talked about that, that, christian wasn't getting any so it's like okay well i know what to do then you know yep yeah what about seth rogan's performance in this too he's pretty good (laughs) jack Jack raynor he Uh, looks he looks exactly like rogan in a few moments in this movie it kind of looks like if you mix seth rogan with um like chris pratt yeah yeah a little chris pratt i was gonna say a little um uh jesus his name just escaped me um Never mind. It'll come to me. I wish. Oh, that. Steve's on. Little Steve's on. Okay, I can see that too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a little bit. Yeah. Fun. Um, but that's pretty much. I mean, when Josh dies, I guess that's the end of the second act, right? And the rest of the movie is this is Mayday. Yeah, it's it's rebirth, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, if you want to give this a chapter name, it's rebirth, right? Um, yeah, it's it's Mayday. Rebirth and fertility. It's a lot about fertility for two people. Um, By the way, uh, uh, yeah, Christian being led into having sex with Maya, um, that scene is kind of funny just because it's like his reaction, his face, like the fuck is going on, but he's still kind of like doing what he's supposed to be doing, but he like clearly is like, why is this lady like Pushing moaning right butt. next? Yeah, like yeah. moaning right next to my yeah. face. Yeah. It's like it's it's so awkward. It's, it startles him too, and it's so it's so funny. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it is so like real way of dealing with that that yeah. it's well that one the one uh, younger woman gave him the the inhibited in in 
uh, Hibbing uh, wine, dandelion wine, or whatever earlier too, right? So he's yeah. he's very pliable as well, You're right? Um, and, and very confused too. Like like it just seems like he doesn't know if what's happening around him is really happening around him. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so ritualistic, and it's so I mean, it's so weird to think about something that would be generally perceived as a private thing being so community you know like it, well it's back to the it's back to the idea of this community sharing in all emotion right, right yeah they're sharing in this sexual act they're helping the pregnancy occur and it's a song it's like a song instead of yeah. sex like the moaning is contrived yeah. right and it's it's mirroring and opposed to what happens with danny at this moment too yeah um we should say that at this point in the movie, Danny's the May Queen because she won a dance off, which was yeah. basically the idea was the devil or the dark one, whatever they call them in the past had made girls dance until they died. Yeah. Well, in defiance of the devil, they're going to dance until they fall down. And whoever the last one standing wins the May Queen. And it's the, it's the best me. dance scene of its kind until um, RRR. <laughs> 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 when they have their dance off. And it's the same thing. All the men dance, though. And the winner is the one who's who outlasts the rest. Yeah. Interesting. He, he doesn't become the May King, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he but he will he will kick some ass later though. Oh, he will. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this uh and and you know like this is a setup yeah like you know she is going to be the winner um and i think that they do a good enough job to keep her up and keep going and falling down at the right times and not look like a setup yeah until the very end when very obviously two people run into each other the second and third place run into each other kind of obviously <laughs> I think Danny hits one of them in the butt and knocks her into the other one. I'm not as convinced it's a full setup, but I can buy that. I'm not either. I think it's ambiguous enough, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it, it just cements that they're going. I mean, because she was never going to be sacrificed. But they do need to separate her and Christian at this point. Ooh, sure. So it, they it absolutely serves that purpose that. For, right. very well. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that she was ever planned to be sacrificed. I think that she was going to become part of this community. They definitely she, wanted her to. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I mean, I think I think she's gonna marry Pele and probably they're gonna be, you know, that's what they're gonna be doing. Yeah. Isn't it kind of awesome? They don't have to work until they're like thirty six. God damn, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pele was working, was working in the gardens and yeah. he wasn't 36 yet. So I don't know if I fully take that literally, but yeah. What work is there on that commune anyway? They just. Well, they homeopathics. Uh, what do they say? Homeopathics. There was something else that they make. I mean, um, dude, they know the, the drug inducing qualities of every plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're just they're just massive drug dealers. I mean, there's a, there's at least three different types of of drugs used in this movie that are derived from some plant that they grow. Yeah, yeah, or fungus, 
or fungus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she wins. Uh, Christian uh, seeds a baby. Um, and it is kind of funny that the next time you see Maya, she's like all made up. Like she's now a woman. You know, it's like, yeah. um, it's that's very significant. Um, it's a rite of passage. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then um, she's also like, her her whole body language has changed the next time you see her uh you know she's standing up straight her head's high she's not like you know because earlier on she seemed very shy and and kind of meek meek yeah i wonder how much of that is like performative because these people are performative obviously, oh, absolutely around yeah. the outsiders possibly so. yeah there is that part of it that you're like, yes, she's all grown up now. She's probably impregnated. Um, That's the one half of the fertility thing. The other half is the May queen needs to bless the grounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which she does. And this is pretty much. We're at the end of the movie, right? Like, well, she, she, um, she yeah, sees what's going on in that building because she hears the moon. Well, yeah, because like the one lady's like, that's not for us, but why don't you go ahead and take a look? Right. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. dissuade her too terribly right. much. Yeah. And she does. And she looks through the keyhole and she sees Christian's butt, you know, being pushed by some other lady into some other lady. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's how that is how the sex is done. Yes. <laughs> that is how the sex is done. Yeah. And, and, I like and, how in that choir of moaning women, <laughs> they, they show us a lot like from her point of view throughout this movie. Right. But that scene, when she looks through the keyhole, you expect them to show the keyhole look of what's going on in there, but they leave that just for her. They don't well, show we, us. We already know. I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting. Like as for her character, like this moment is so introspective for her that we don't even get to see what she's seeing. Well, of. I think at that point it's the, the, it's more important that we see how she reacts and True. we see, the emotion that she goes through and i mean this is like the most pivotal moment moment of her transformation is when she can finally grieve and she finds people who are willing to accept and take on her grief with her right it's the opposite not been able to get from christian yes this is the final wedge between them she's she's expelling him from her life and she's also accepting them into her life Mm-hmm. In, in this moment of just intense communal grief. Yep. So we have her wailing in unison with all the other women. Christian comes out of the the love shack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> little old place where we can get together. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if the tin roof is rusted. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I better get well, some of the workers on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he runs into another shack where the chickens, the coop, the chickens are kept. And then we find, what was his name? Simon. Simon yeah. is like kind of flayed apart, almost like Silence of the Lamb style. Yeah. They um, call that, they actually, there's an actual name for that. It's called the Blood Eagle. <laughs> and, and they have his, his lungs exposed. And are, were, was it just me? It looked or like he they, was breathing. They were they were still breathing, yeah. But yeah. I think that might have just been the Christian, drug effect. The drug effect, drug, Christian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Oof, that's just creepy stuff. Yeah, while they were drugged, we did see a lot of pulsing of items on tables. Uh Um, We did mention this briefly earlier, but Danny now saw the roots instead of just the grass Mm -hmm. going through her feet um, while she was drugged up. Um, And like you said, her transformation or her full acceptance pretty much of these people in that moment of grief. Um, Christian gets knocked out and sedated or I don't know how they make him immo- immobile, but he be- basically becomes immobile and he's sitting oh, in a they, wheelchair. They, they blow uh, a paralyzing like drug dust into his face that he inhales. Yeah. Yeah. That must last for like ever, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I do think that they're not perfect with their drugs because they do tell the two guys, you're not going to feel anything. They fucking feel that fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they give him a drug. I guess that's the fourth drug. I, I forgot about that one, the Lou tree. Well, that one doesn't that. really work. And, that yeah, one it just makes you make kind of feel man. no fear. Yeah, I, yeah but boy, you feel they pain. They still think you feel pain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Which is, it's important that they do feel pain because it's probably well, it's, because it has to be shared. And yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, he's he's paralyzed in like a wheelchair um the 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 main matron basically says this is the the sieve yeah this is the thing um we've got you know there were already two people who were sacrificed the two old people who jumped jumped off i think is what she meant by that yeah Yeah. because there's some sort of like almost like it's a a scarecrow made out of like a death mask yeah those are Um, the two that jumped yep yeah yeah and then um We've got two other people who brought outsiders to us. Um, and oh, by the way, Pele, good job picking the May Queen. Yeah. You are safe. Yeah, that's like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be in that situation that the other two guys were. Um, and then, see, that's why I think it was, well, maybe it wasn't necessarily. I mean, I don't know what would have happened if she didn't win make would he have been sacred i don't know anyway i don't know know. but then it's like okay so we've got other people we've got uh four outsiders the four outsiders and then there's a there's a ninth person that is chosen by the may queen it's either this guy from the village who has agreed to be lottery pick yeah that's right to shirley jackson there yeah he was a lottery pick um or christian christian um and we don't i mean she doesn't specifically say but it is christian he's uh he's prepared by being stuffed into that bear's um skin um and he's put in the as they prepare this smokehouse um they they put everybody in and they, they've got like kindling all around and hay and whatnot that will catch and then they put christian right in the middle um the whole time she's grieving that you know that that but this is like expertly handled yeah the way like the way that the movie does it because they light the thing on fire the man starts screaming all of the the, the community does their performative like we are feeling this pain with you we are expelling all of our dark 
energy they're into even, the universe with you and yeah they're doing like like they're even their flaming, faces. yeah they're even like flailing as if they're on fire yeah but during this danny is coughing and screaming but it's very ambiguous like is she expelling with these people or is she really terrified right you have this moment where you're kind of unsure and then obviously you find out because we come to one of maybe the third or probably the second best smile at the end of a movie right Mm -hmm. (laughs) behind magnolia a good one magnolia's (laughs) a good one yeah we've had a few of those recently yeah um and she just she just smiles and then you cut yeah it's really well done i think Uh, yeah because in a way she's also now performing right that's what i'm saying but it's kind of it's kind of ambiguous up until that moment where she smiles if she's performing or not exactly and she's you know and she's gotten uh i don't want to say revenge but she's gotten some sort of no she's gotten rid of everything that affects her that was the purpose the whole time like every everything that ailed her burns in that house and she is expunged yeah which is what these people do with this ceremony right like she's obviously one of them now because she has done the dance with them oh yeah most definitely i mean she's 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 found peace and happiness yeah she feels she feels held she has a family she's held and she has a family yeah yeah exactly i want to i want to step step outside the movie again real quick here um i mean there there are six people now missing (laughs) and i'm assuming somebody has said to somebody where they went yeah Yeah. it makes you wonder like what kind of trail did pala leave right um because that's the only way they're gonna find them Paley well, and, and that's bro- the, uh, and his brother too, I guess, who brought the the two Brits. What yeah, but he's he's leave? burned up. Yeah, I mean he's. Yeah, but still, like you know. Yeah. What theoretically, what, what, what every address shred of... did they leave at the Bursar's office? <laughs> right, right. Well, and the other thing also, yeah, right. But the other thing also is is that, um, I mean, because the you know they are of the I mean because it is mentioned that they are the age that they come and go from the from the community that's their travel age right that's yeah you know, right um, it's kind it's, of it's like a, a little it's a little rumspringa or whatever it's called the uh, it is it is yeah. very rumspring it's rumspringa rump shaker rump yep. shaker that's shake what yep that's yeah it's a time of rump shaking it kind of is um uh and also you know thematically it does sort of almost feel like the prequel to midsummer like if you were going to make a midsummer sequel it would be that right it would be like almost like the wicker man it would be an outsider trying to find these kids who've gone missing yeah and and stumbling on and discovering this community and all that that would entail yeah i didn't think about it that way but it's almost like i could imagine ari aster saying i want to tell the story of the missing kid first Right. Yeah. I mean, it's that, clear that, that that he is a great appreciation for that. Absolutely, movie, right? I mean, it's very it, Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't really watch it and not think of the Wicker Man. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's way. Oh, it's up there, man. It's up it's there. Good. For yeah. me. It's real. Yeah. Good, I mean, this I is this is the type of horror movie that you know. It's kind of funny because I don't. 
really know that I 100% call it myself personally a horror movie mm-hmm. but it is a horror of so many other things feeling like an outsider feeling you know or like peering into something that you have no idea you have no reference of other than what you think you know about these communities um or the concept of uh dealing with some of those emotional elements that that particularly danny's dealing oh by the way her last name is a is also a a, a tell as to what's going to happen in the movie ardor is um latin for to set a flame or to set mm. a fire yeah mm. um anyway Thanks. um but no it's like it's a horror of so many other things that like even the stuff that is horror in the movie i'm not as scared by like I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this, I mean, this probably says a lot more about me than anything else, but I'm not particularly bothered by the, the gory moment of the people jumping off the, the cliff. I mean, I remember it's still like, you know, you kind of like wince, you know, or at least I do. And it's like, Ooh, God damn. Uh, but it's, um, it's all this other stuff that's that, that kind of, floats around this movie that feels so it's like folk and psychological horror i mean i would yeah. call it horror it's just not like a monster right exactly. yeah it's, it's just not, a different yeah. yeah it's just it's it's dealing with much more realistic things to be that that affect you you know that is yeah and that's yeah that's where they they come up with that old term of the elevated horror right but yeah. in a way it, it feels a lot like the shining um sure. you know in, in yep. the same regard where it's like um it's the same kind of thing where it's like you watch this movie and you and and your brain kind of starts to work on a different path than you normally would and what you would you know think of as like a like a horror movie and it's um it, it just kind of creates this whole other uh experience good movie i quite like it i was i was honestly a little nervous to watch it again thinking i might get bored and i was not, not even a little not yeah yeah um i personally do like this more than than wicker man i you know i have some issues with it with wicker man um that i don't necessarily i mean like as similar as they are they are also very different too Mm -hmm. um so but yeah it's it's a it's a it's a this is a beautiful movie and and it's it's that daylight horror too right where everything is in the daytime and because that that's very I mean that's that's very very much brought up the fact that you know it's the midnight sun this is uh-huh. you know this is a time of the year where there's only a couple of hours of, of darkness and there's aren't really only that one uh, nightmare that she has where everybody leaves her that's really in the dark or when okay. Josh goes to get his semi oh like, yeah like it's still yeah. kind of light out but yeah yeah it's as night as it gets there pretty much goes. pretty yeah. much yeah and so. Um, so yeah i mean and it's just it's everything is in the daylight everything because it's daylight all the time it it really confuses you 
it sets you off as far as what's happening when mm-hmm. and you know like i always assumed until recently that we saw we were there for nine days no we're only there for like three or four days everything happens extremely fast um and you're pretty much at the middle of this celebration um and yeah i mean it's just it's it's just it's so well like things are so well like integrated into the backgrounds and into it's just it's a oh it's a good movie it's it's, Mm -hmm. yeah not an easy watch but a good watch um yeah yeah i find this i find this movie to be much more approachable than hereditary which is a movie that i just cannot for the life of me get through i've tried watching that movie several times since i first saw it and this is a no 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 way an indictment on this movie i think it's a very well made movie it's just so drenched in dread that it is i i just can't get into it again (laughs) hereditary is one of the few movies i can honestly say like tore my stomach apart while i was watching it so i will not watch it again it's like that in american history x hey good movies but i'm not watching you again yeah yeah i mean yeah i think that's one thing that uh is uh, is important to understand that sometimes a movie can be very good but you just don't want to see it i mean for for whatever reason you just can't you just can't watch it again it's just it's not it's not there for you yeah sometimes uh, the message not, only needs to be delivered once exactly and yeah you know it's uh, that's why like you know and i think about like Bo is afraid you know aster's current movie um i think there are exceptionally interesting things in that movie but i don't want to see it again um the second half of the movie to me disappointed the first half um but it gets to it gets to its head at the end and that's where you start thinking about those things that are interesting about it but i don't need to see it again to think about it um and and what read i have which i think is the correct one um based on other takes i've heard i can think about that without actually sitting through it again <laughs> yeah fair and again it's another one where it's like yeah i watched some watch some clips from it that's fine but i don't need to see the the whole thing start to finish yeah i still need to see it though i need to um I am curious, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think of it because I, I think it is think a very interesting streaming yeah no, i'll watch it yeah I just think that there are, I mean, it's, it's Aster. So, you know, that there's a lot of interesting things that the, to think about in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's the presentation that was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Yeah. So, um, but what's next? Oh yeah. What is next? Let's take a look here. Um, would you like me to give you guys a clue? I almost uh, said that. <laughs> yes, please do. That's clue. Um, uh, next uh, <laughs> next week, next Wednesday at filmseizure.com, you can listen to us talk about the 80s uh, classic mystery comedy Clue um, starring Tim Curry and many, many, uh, uh, a cast of thousands. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a lot of people. A lot of people are in it. A lot of people are in it. So that's going to be... Uh, july 5th that's next week at filmseizure.com check that out you can also go to like 
um, the various, you know, if you just go to the site, you can find all the various places you can follow and subscribe to Film Seizure. Yes. In addition to that, next uh, Monday, uh, for Monster Mondays, I've got a couple more episodes of Ultra Q. Uh, some good monster action happening there. Again, same place, filmseizure.com. This upcoming Friday at my website, bmovieanima.com, I have Deathstalker 2. Um, yeah, fun little sword and sword. More of a comedy this time around than anything else. But not not sorry I watched that at <laughs> all. Anyway, so those are the things that are coming up. Um, so um, I'm going to head off uh, to Sweden. I'm going <laughs> to let you guys know how all that works out. Enjoy. Um, yeah um i got lots of things uh, to see and hear about so i'm gonna do that <laughs> um meanwhile i will catch up with you guys uh next week so until then i am jeff arbuckle i'm chuck moore i'm jason oliver and you have been listening to film seizure